life, sex, goals, and oh, hell knows, this is Midlife Cravings. If you or someone you know is in an affair, this episode is for you. I am so excited about my guest Reese today, and we lay it all out. The good, the bad, and the vast majority of ugly behind affairs. But first, let's kick things off with my five-minute orgasm where I catch you up on life and I have a Brad update. (laughs) Okay, so, all right, last time I told you guys that I was waiting on him to email me back. Well, he never did. So a week later, I'm like, oh my God, this is killing me. I emailed him again and I'm like, hey, listen, like, I'm so sorry. I called you and asked you about your ball sack. And he actually wrote me back and he said, hey, Adrian, I'd forgive you for pretty much anything, but you never called me. (laughs) If you follow me on Instagram, you saw my story. I was leaving and I just, I could not believe it. Like I still to this day have no idea, none, no clue whatsoever who the fuck I called. Brad, whoever you are out there, I'm so sorry. I don't think I'm ever going to find out who it is. Jesus, take the wheel. How many more can he take? (laughs) But okay, let me give you an update on the real Brad. So we had a date planned. He picked the night, the time, the place, which by the way, I love that. You know, men, just take the lead, okay? (laughs) I was looking forward to meeting him because we had some really great conversation and just good vibes all around. Well, that morning, I got the, hey, I'm not canceling, but... And he had this big issue at work and he works an hour away. And listen, I get it. I know shit happens. I do. But for a first meet, and by the way, our date was scheduled for 730 and it's just really tough. And I kind of just feel like if you're really interested and you really want to get to know me, you're not going to cancel on that. And I don't think he was going to be working until 730 at night. I don't know. I was, I'm not going to lie. I was disappointed. I offered to meet him halfway, make it easier, but I could just kind of tell he wanted to cancel. So I was like, it's all good, whatever, you know? So around seven o'clock, he sent me a text and a selfie and he was like, still plugging away here. (laughs) Okay. (sighs) All right. Okay. Well, listen, okay. The psychopath in me, I'm thinking, you know, I wonder when this photo was taken. And so I look at the metadata and the photo was from like three hours ago And I'm sitting there and I'm like, do I call him out? Like, do I call him out? (laughs) And you know what? I fucking did. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, at this point, I'm just, I'm so done with the bullshit. And I was fully accepting just to take an L on the whole thing. Okay? Like an L. Like the whole thing, taking an L. (laughs) And I just, I called him out and I'm just like, I don't know. It just... It made things worse, obviously, and just moving on. But I just, I couldn't hold back. I had to fucking call him out on that. I know what you're thinking, too. You're probably like, what do you mean, like, metadata? What are you talking about? Uh, So, yeah, if you text someone a photo, they can save it. Click on the information icon on the bottom of the photo. It's a lowercase i with a circle around it, and it will tell you all the details, such as date, 
time, location, even what type of device the photo was captured on. By the way, I really feel like you should think about this when you're sending nudes and stuff. You know, it never fails when you're flirting with someone or sexting with someone. It's usually like you're laying in bed, you got your retainers in, right? Like it's like the opposite of the most sexiest thing in the world. And they'll be like, what are you wearing? Or send me a photo. I do not send nudes, but I will send selfies or sometimes a video or something like that. But if I'm sending a picture, like it's important to know that they can see the metadata on that photo if you're sending something old. Like if you are sending a nude, they can see when that photo was taken. There is a way around this. So take a screenshot of the photo, recrop it before you send it, and then the metadata will say when that photo was screenshot. So little pro tip there. God, I, I feel like this is like psychopath shit I used to do in high school. Like me and my friends would be hiding in bushes to see if her boyfriend was at some girl's house. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like a psycho and maybe I am. But you know what? People need to know about this shit. And I guess also how to avoid it. And I just couldn't help myself. Like, I was just disappointed. And I feel like someone that really wants to get to know me. And also, if you're out there dealing with that, I don't know. And I just, I'm stubborn. And I just don't have the energy or time for second chances. And I'm not saying I'm not flexible. But for a first meet, I don't know. I feel like we could have done something. Or he could have immediately made another date. I don't know. I don't know. Moving on. Okay, now for something I'm really so excited, thrilled actually elated to share. And <laughs> it's that I fucked someone for the first time since my surgery and it was everything I thought it would be. And then some, I was nervous. I had a pretty serious procedure all up in there and it was nerve wracking, you know, like, was it going to hurt? Am I going to feel different? Ugh, was I going to bleed? Which I fucking hate that. But I'm happy to report that it was completely normal and fucking amazing. I had a hot date with my dom, and I don't think I would have wanted anybody else to uh, repop my cherry again. <laughs> he is, I just adore him. He is so understanding, and he knew to take his time, and he knew everything that I had been through and was so understanding of it, and it was perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. I had an incredible night with him, and something super fun is I surprised him by dressing up as a little schoolgirl. <laughs> I met him at the door that way. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw a sneak peek of that. And it was so funny. I swung the door open and I said, I'm home alone. And I was like biting my finger and like giving him like big bedroom eyes. It was so fun. Like he came in and he was like, get upstairs now. Like surprising him. I don't know if he likes surprises. I think he likes surprises. But, you know, the dominant in him, I I think he was just like, hmm, I didn't approve of that. So get upstairs. And it was, oh my God, it was so hot. Oh, I wore these fishnet stockings and they were so fun to fuck in. They're, they're like the wide threaded ones. And I actually kept them on the whole time. And it was really hot because when he was going down on me, it was quite the sight, you know, like his face buried in my pussy and just really sexy with those tights on. And oh man. And then we we're fucking and he was like getting ready to push inside of me. He ripped them like aggressively and just, you know, thrust inside of me. And my, ugh, this, the sights of it all was just really, really sexy. And I will definitely be fucking in those more. Got to get new pairs though, because those were all ripped up. So one time use, one time use those are. <laughs> Uh, we spent a few amazing hours together in bed. I came five times, 
five fucking times, okay? Like, it was funny because he was like, you know, I'm a pleasure dom. And I'm like, oh, I know. I can tell. Okay. (laughs) And the bed was so wet. I had to sleep in the guest bedroom that night. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, rookie mistake, I know. And next time I'm absolutely putting rubber sheets on. I mean, something. And we did lay towels down. It was just... It was a lot. And I sent him a selfie later that night and I was in the guest room and I was like, hey, job well done. (laughs) All right. So here's the good stuff. I know you want a few highlights. Here's a few. Uh, I wore a collar for the first time. Uh, He actually sent it to me, which is a super fun surprise in the mail. And it was thrilling. Like, uh, I love the way he was able to pull me in the direction he wanted me. And it was also, it was like a form of breath play when, you know, that's my kink. I felt so submissive to him and I fucking loved it. The one thing I will say about the collar though, it frustrated me when I was trying to throat his cock. I think maybe I need to find one with a skinnier width. Um, I just, I felt like it was very restricting when I was, when I was like on top trying to suck his dick or leaning back, like the collar was a little restrictive, but other than that, I fucking loved it. We also explored a little more in bondage. So the man arrives with a bag. It is like Mary Poppins bag (laughs) of just pure pleasure. Okay. And he has, you know, paddles and just the the spreader bar and all kinds of different things, toys and uh, just so much stuff. And one of the things that he does when he arrives is puts my cuffs on, cuffs on my wrists and on my ankles. And when he's doing it, it's really sexy. It's like making all these hot noises. And he's talking to me and looking at me. And he's like, is that too tight? How do you like that? And then he was like, okay, so I had the cuffs on my wrists and on my ankles. And he was like, all right, I need your help for this. And we had these straps that slid under my mattress. So there was a strap at all four corners. And I was like, I mean, I was, I was literally like, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? (laughs) It is, it's fucking thrilling. If you've never experienced this before. And by the way, he is just so passionate and so enthusiastic and very serious, like serious about it all. And so I'm over here like smiling and I'm like, what are we going to do next? And he's like, okay, well now I'm going to take your right foot and I'm going to tie it to the bottom of the bed. And so I had, and he knows I've never done this before. So what I love about him is he starts slow and he tells me everything that he's doing while he's doing it. And with intention, that motherfucker's intention. Okay. So I have my right foot tied to the bottom of the bed. And then he took my right arm and tied it to the top of the bed. So I'm like half tied and I'm, I'm spread. Right. And so I had my other leg free and he's licking my clit a little bit and then sucking on my titties and then like holding my other hand back, just getting me used to the feeling of being completely tied up. And I liked that warm up. It definitely made me comfortable. And he was talking to me, you know, like, are you comfortable? And by the way, that's the way it should be. I feel like he has set the bar so high for, for everything for me, uh, with all of this and God, I just want to do it again right now. (laughs) Right now. Okay. So then, Now, so imagine he's on top of me and I can only lift my left leg and only, you know, touch him with my left arm and he ties my left leg up. So now I'm spread and only my left hand is available to me. And he plays with me a little bit more just with that. And then he ties up my left hand. So now I'm completely spread out on the bed. 
uh, my tights are still on, which are super sexy and hot. And he's just admiring and taking full advantage of having my body to himself. And it's really fucking hot. I, I didn't know that I would enjoy it this much. Like I said, I've never done this before. And it was really hot and amazing. So also, I mean, I was just so turned on from all of it. I was slippery, like slip and slide wet. And he's fingering me and I can't do anything. I can barely move. You know what I mean? I can like move my hips a little bit, but that's it. And I had the most incredible orgasm. And what was really hot is he was like, you can't come for me yet, which made it even more tense. And then he was like, okay, now you can, now you can come. And let me just tell you something explosive. That's all I have to say. Uh, I told him, I was like, I want to do that again and again and again and again. Another thing that we did is some ass play. So I haven't done that in a really long time and I enjoyed it because I was so wet and so relaxed and incredibly turned on. It was hot as fuck. And I mean, I haven't done that in like 20 years and I can't wait to do that again with him. Uh, I told him next time I kind of want to explore even more with that. (sighs) He fucked me so hard and so good. And I'm back, baby. I'm back with a hell of a bang. (laughs) Sure. <laughs> All right. So I'm calling an audible. I know I said I wanted to talk about divorce, but I scored an amazing interview with my friend Reese and we're talking all about affairs and it's too good not to share. I mean it when I say if you or someone you know is in an affair or if you're thinking about being in one, maybe you're even on the verge of being in one, this episode is for you. Reese and I are keeping it really real, like on one of the most taboo subjects out there. Share it with your friends in need or soak up all of the information for yourself. And remember, you know, this is a no judgment zone. We're all out here learning the hard way, if you're me, (laughs) growing and glowing up together. I want to welcome Reese to the show. Reese, welcome to Midlife Craving. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I found you from my For You page. I was scrolling and I saw your beautiful face and what you were talking about. I was like, holy shit, she's brave. Like how bravely and very honestly you were sharing your recovery after an affair. I was mind blown. So I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to, well, I don't know. Are you ever really excited to talk about affairs? I don't know. I don't know, but you know what? (laughs) It's really important to talk about. There's no doubt about that. Yes. Extremely, extremely. So really quick, you can find Reese over on TikTok. Her handle is at Reese, R-E-C-E underscore affair underscore recovery, or find her over on Instagram at Reese, R-E-C-E underscore TikTok. So I just want to throw that out there because you give, you Thank have you. so many amazing tips and stories and just you share it. It's just so real and so raw, just the way I like it. <laughs> you, uh-huh. I love that it's about you. Here, clearly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I swear when I heard you, I saw how open you are and I was like, oh, my God, I have to have her on. Oh. So, well, thank you. I'm glad, you know, you never know how you come across. I try to be as authentic and genuine as I can, but you know, it doesn't always translate. No, you think it does that you are. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. Good to know. So let's talk about this because let's face it. Affairs are not something that is talked about. It is shamed. It is taboo, but it's fucking real Mm -hmm. and it's happening every day. 
And mm-hmm. I want to talk today about, you know, the life cycle of an affair. And I just think there's so much to talk about. But first, I was wondering if you want to share a little bit about yourself, a little bit of background, you know, the Cliff Notes version, and uh, then we'll get right into it. Okay, yeah. So Cliff Notes version, obviously, I, I've been married for, you know, 15 years when everything happened. And my husband and I um, had gone through some stuff, but I, I, I need to pause real quick and say that doesn't make somebody have an affair. So mm-hmm. I'm just kind of sharing the, the cliff notes. Um, I had started to deal with a lot of fear and um, God dang it, some stuff happened and I ended up walking into a chiropractor's office who just immediately decided I was his type. And um, I was unprepared to say the least. Like I, I, I guess there's a part of you that never thinks that you'd be that person. Mm -hmm. So you don't have the, I guess, right tools to even combat it, especially when they're very skilled manipulators. Mm -hmm. Um, And I ended up in an emotional affair, uh, separated from my husband and dated this guy for a short little, like, I want to say a month, but there was something in me that just kept saying, heal yourself work on yourself. This isn't right. You know, this isn't right. Right. Like, heal yourself. And so I did, I, I broke it off with him. I didn't even know if I wanted to work it out with my husband or not at that time. I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I lost myself so much in the affair. And I think that's, what's so crazy is, you know, before the affair, I was one version of Reese during the affair. I became a different version of Reese. And, and in the affair, I thought it was a better version. Yeah. But it wasn't. It sure the hell wasn't. <laughs> it was definitely a definitely a broken version. And as I worked through healing, I, I was able to look back with a really fresh filter of what was truly going on um, with myself, mm-hmm. uh, the truth of my husband, because boy, did I make him out to be the villain. I, ooh, yes. Mm-hmm. We, like I said, he's bipolar. We had some issues but he was not what I had made him out to be. Right. Um, so yeah, so that just like a through inner healing through working on myself and my child work and, and having, thank God I had great therapists. I, I went to two, mm. I went to two therapists. So I just, I dove in <laughs> to my healing. I was, I was like, well, it's not enough. I just, I need it all. So I, um, tons of research. I, I was the person who'd go to therapy and then that night be on the computer researching deep things. Cause I was like, the sooner you get into it, the, the quicker you're out of the bullshit. So I, um, Reese, I just, I'm the same I way. For it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. That's yes. Me. Introspective, pragmatic. I re I want to get through. I'm not the person who wants to walk around the forest. Like just get me through it. Like same. I will face the demons, mm-hmm. but I want, I want the quickest path to healing. And so, you know, for me, it took, it was, it was a, a few solid tons. I mean, we're talking, counseling once a week and, and constant journaling and tears. And, um, but I got to this really great place and, and I have reconciled with my husband. We wow. are actually, um, reconciled and doing amazing. So, uh, I love to possible. hear that for you. <laughs> Thank you. And how long, so you said you were with your affair partner for like a month and then left. How long since has it been since then that you felt like you're like, all right, we've reconciled, we're back and we're doing really amazing. Um, I want to say like, again, 
your healing when it comes to affairs has to do with how, how willing it is for you to do the work. Cause it has to do with you and your partner, both mm -hmm. of you. Um, for both of us, um, it was about seven months of separation before we were back together. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to say once he decided, cause my husband's a very different rare bird. Like I think he's from such a good background. Thankfully, um, he was able to like compartmentalize it and be like, if I'm going to forgive you, I'm going to forgive you. I'm not going to just hold this chisnet over your head, but if you do it again, I'm done. Like, oh he's yeah. Like, so he's, he's able to really compartmentalize it and not hold it over me. So his healing was different. He still goes to counseling sometimes too, but he's, he's not the same as some would, if that makes sense. So for us, I want to say it was a solid year and we were starting mm -hmm. to do really well, but that's not normal. I want to say, I want to be very clear that that's not normal. Yeah. I don't believe mean, what is normal. <laughs> well, that's true. There's such a wide range. Right. Really is, but I just don't want somebody, if somebody's in this situation, I don't want them to use this story as a, as a benchmark for them, because that doesn't mean that's the case for most. Or, I agree. Many. I just, you really know was, what I mean? Yeah. I was curious because I was just thinking like you've done so much growth and so much healing. I was wondering like what the, how long has it been and like what your experience was with that? Okay. Like you yeah. As a person. So we've mm -hmm. been back together for a couple of years now. So, I mean, we've been back for a couple of years, but it's a bit, does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Some heal, some healing has happened. Oh yeah. And I don't think you ever stop communicating or learning or growing together with your partner. Like that's a big thing. I think that's what, you know, you, as you were saying, like, I know it's not the norm and I do think you're probably an exception to the rule of, oh my God, we're getting divorced. But you right. know, there's something to be said for that. Um, well, interestingly, it's, it's about 50, 50 when it goes to, uh, who reconciles and who divorces. Oh, it's really? a very interesting stat. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm big on stats too, girl. So I, I, I got you when it comes Share to numbers, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but when it comes to actually staying together, people who choose to do the work and go to counseling have a likely, a better likelihood of actually, um, being happier than those who actually leave for their affair. Wow. Partners. That's a yeah. great, that's a great so, thing to know. Yeah. So just FYI. So let's talk about the cycle of an affair because the things I hear you talking about, you know, I shared on my show, I don't even like bringing up the situation because it's just not worth talking about anymore or giving that light um, or energy right. anymore. But I was in it and I want to talk about, you know, before the beginning of an affair, during the mm -hmm. affair, the discovery, because let's be real, <laughs> that mm -hmm. shit happens. And then mm -hmm. the recovery. Okay. Yeah. So the beginning of the affair. I'll share a little bit about me. Like you okay. said, nobody sets out to be in an affair. You don't wake up one day and say, no. I'm going to go cheat on my spouse or my boyfriend or girlfriend I'm going to be a douche canoe and hurt everybody. Right. That's just not how it works. Yeah. So. I feel like blowing up somebody's life this morning. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my life, in fact. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, I'm going to go sabotage this. Um, yeah. It happens gradually, but also for mm -hmm. me, it happened quick. I would say in about a mm -hmm. month's time, we went from doing like, you know, casual things together, seeing him, oh, you know, in a totally. public space to, Hey, here's my cell phone number to long lingering conversations in a parking lot. And then next thing you know, I'm sitting on his face in the back of my car. Um, that's how that happened for me. <laughs> and I just want to say, you know, it's, it happens quick. And I want to talk about something mm -hmm. that you said that really hit me hard when you talked about, 
you know, how you wake up and you, you know, it's nobody wakes up to do this stuff. But when you have an affair, emotional or physical, you said you're rewriting the history of your current relationship. And I was like, oof, that. So let's talk about that because it's so true. So, I mean, the first stage is rationalization. You rationalize that it's just a friend. And this is key. This is also, this happens all the time in emotional affairs, especially they're just my coworker. Yeah. They're just a friend I'm talking to that it's my ex-boyfriend that we're catching up on Facebook. It's just, there's, that is, it's just those, those two words together mm-hmm. are one of the first rationalization phase, phase because there's something you have to tell yourself it's okay. Yep. You already, when you get to that, it's just, you're already starting to cross the line and you don't realize it because in every other circumstance with the opposite or same sex, depending on what, what your, your thing is, um, you've been able to handle it. It's not been an issue. Right. Um, uh, sorry if you hear a little buzzing. No, he's um, <laughs> is that your um, vibrator? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> It's somebody I'm calling me on the other line. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Could you imagine? I'm like, hey, hold on real fast. Oh that is, I feel I'm like sorry. from our conversation, that would just, that would be something that would happen on your show. Anyways. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah. So anyways, you make the, it's just excuse. That is that is number one so if anybody mm-hmm. is having an emotional affair it starts with rationalization yes almost all, and I'm sure with you we're just working out at the gym yes it's just my it's just it's not a big deal he's just a this yeah that is and it can go from years of it's just to like you said a month mine was quickly quick moving too he was my chiropractor so he you know, oh yeah, three times a I week, girl. <laughs> I mean, well, it was once a week for for me at the time, but it was. Um, I, I thought he's my dog. He can't. He can't cross that line. It's yeah. illegal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so in my head, I already made. It's not a. It's not a big deal. He can't do this, but yet he. And what I found out after the fact is he had done it several times to mm-hmm. several different married women, and mm-hmm. you just you don't because in a moment you're hearing their words, yep. not you're not able to think clearly. So it goes from rationalization. It's just, Mm -hmm. and then it goes to this. This is where you start justifying goes from rationalization. You start justifying the longer conversations, the starting to talk about feelings like, man, uh, for example, like I, I wish my wife was like you. You're, you're, you're completely my type. And I wish I had a girl just like you. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, you've heard this. Mm-hmm. I, uh, man, if, if only we could, Oh, if, and oh, if only she had your sex drive, if only she if was, a, you only, know, mm-hmm. Oh, and I've never felt like this before. These mm-hmm. words start getting uttered and you start feeling this is when, and this is the crazy thing. This is the justification, but this is when limerence takes place. This is when you're hooked. Yep. And the scariest thing about affairs what people don't talk about and people don't realize is they are actually addictive. They're not just kind of addictive. They're chemically addictions because you get higher levels of dopamine and serotonin just as much as you'd get with crack cocaine. Reese, your brain is literally on drugs. Yes. You're literally on drugs. Yes. Literally on drugs for a person who might be a total narcissistic douche canoe, but you have already rationalized it, justified it, and you cannot see once this limerence 
bogs over your brain. Mm-hmm. Those red flags look like the carnival flags. Flowers, or like, like bouquet of flowers. Like they're yeah. Like, yes, they're just like, oh, look at those red flowers. Like you, you see them, but you don't. You make excuses for them. And suddenly you start to villainize your partner. Mm-hmm. You the comparing of partners. Mm-hmm. You do, and you're in fantasy land. You're literally on this fantasy escape drug. I love it. I, I, there, I, I'm friends with this Dr. Kathy Nickerson. Um, she's also a great, she's a lot calmer than you, so just FYI, but she's <laughs> great advice. Um, and she also, she calls them painkillers. She goes, most affairs are painkillers. She's a mm-hmm. licensed therapist who's done this for 22 years, and she's like 100% fantasy it's a painkiller yeah it's to numb what else is going on in your life so you don't have to deal with it Mm -hmm. and you use this and so then as you're justifying it you start villainizing your husband and that's when you rewrite history that's when you can't remember good memories that's when all these things like you can't even you're like I never was in love with them I don't even know why we married our marriage has never been that great yeah you literally don't even remember the good times and you start to only remember the bad times. you also any good part of their character now annoys you mm-hmm. and, and all the bad stuff just gives you justification for doing what you're doing because let's face it affairs are wrong and we know it so mm-hmm. what do we have to do to justify it is make the person we're with we're currently with the bad guy yep because otherwise we're the bad guy and we can't handle that that is 100 percent dna of a human is self-protection. So how we self-protect, we gaslight. Yep. We twist things. We deflect. Your brain has to make a narrative. Absolutely. You 100% do because we don't want to be the dicks. I don't want to be the douche canoe. I'm not the douche <laughs> canoe. They are. They're rowing in their boat. But right. No, here I was over here on my douche canoe, rowing in my boat, hurting my family. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it because you self-manipulate you literally believe the bullshit. And unfortunately, yeah. many people never wake up. And it starts, by the way, with like little acts of compromise. It's that long, extra long conversation. And then that little, very, you know, innocent meeting for coffee. And then it's just funny how you just make these little acts of compromise. And then exactly as you say, you yeah. justify it and, you know, you and your spouse get in a fight and then you justify it. I'm going to go get my dopamine hit over here. Like it's so, mm-hmm. it's a vicious cycle. hundred, 158% uh. is a vicious cycle. And <laughs> yes. what, what, and, and you're right. It's small. And one of the big best things to fight this is to learning healthy boundaries, because believe it or not, most people who get in affairs, they're not these gr- horrible, narcissistic, right. awful people. Mm-hmm. They're highly codependent people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Literally most of the people, and we're not talking, there's, there are the cheater, cheater, pumpkin eaters that constantly cheat that are narcissistic. There are those, but that's mm-hmm. a smaller percent. Agreed. Most people are just good people, hurting people that don't understand themselves and their needs. And they end up in this place <laughs> and just making excuses, but it feels good. You just don't get it. Like, and so now yeah. I feel like we're in the phase of the during the affair, right? And let's mm-hmm. talk about that because limerence is I, I should have looked up the definition of limerence, but limerence is such a real thing. It is 
what mm-hmm. those feelings you have, it's not even lust, it's limerence. And your brain, you just you cannot get it off those drugs. <laughs> and this is when the secrecy begins. And I mm-hmm. want to share something about that. You know, I would go to a hotel and the drive over there would be the highest high of my entire life. I could literally... Mm-hmm. Nothing could stop me in the world at that point, Mm -hmm. the drive over. Mm -hmm. I felt like Mm -hmm. I was high. Uh, It -hmm. was like two tickets to paradise and we're going. And it was this, I just remember, I can remember the sounds and the door opening and, or the door would be a jar waiting for me. And it's just, it's palpable. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you when do you do it all, and then when you leave, <laughs> it is the lowest. It is the lowest of all lows. It's such a it, low and such an emotional roller coaster. It fucks with you. I did you. it again. Yeah, I did it again. It's like and a drug addict doing this. Yep, it's exactly. You get your drug, you get your high, and then you 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 completely crash. Yes, a hundred. 100%. It's fucked up. I've never really had addiction problems with substances, thank God, but I was addicted to the brains and to the drugs in my brain. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Well, uh, and interestingly, neither have I. I. I actually have a very low addiction rate in my family and everything, but like it's it's different. It's something else because there's feelings. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have feelings for the bottle of alcohol. You don't have feelings for the whatever. And it's right. still hard as hell to get out of alcoholic or whatever. So you add feelings and emotions on top of that. Yep. Holy hell. It's a recipe for like disaster. How, it, it absolutely is. And so like limerence, um, there's not, I mean, that's hard for the definition portion. It's basically infatuation on crack cocaine. It's, mm-hmm. it's a hyper amount of infatuation. So infatuation is the beginning of most relationships. You have infatuation. It's butterflies. It's the, I want to get to know you. Mm-hmm. Um, but with normal infatuation, it's less amounts of dopamine and serotonin. And, um, with, and because there's space for you to grow, you start, you, you, you question things about them. It's different because when there's a space to grow in a relationship, you can say, Hey, we don't line up in this area. So we probably shouldn't do this or we don't this and that. So you're spending in a regular relationship more and more time with them where when you're in an affair, there's a set level of time you have. Mm -hmm. And so you make the most of that level of time that you have. And it's, it's this, like you said, two tickets to paradise. It's this explosive, amazing, Mm. incredible. Best sex ever. Yes. Like it it is because I mean, like, look, you drop a Molly, have sex with your everyday partner. It might be amazing too. Like, Mm -hmm. but I, and and I don't mean to like, please don't, I'm not promoting drugs, but I'm just saying, (laughs) please understand that. I'm just saying, but when you are that much on a high while doing it, it's going to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. It could actually be pretty average sex, but it's yep. going to blow your mind. Yep. Like, and honestly, it will. It does. And one of the things that really blows my mind still to this day, and you talk, you call it a fair fog. I think that's like the technical term for it. I used to call it, I named it myself and I would call it the mist. And I'm like, I need to get mm-hmm. out of this mist. Like I can, you can mm-hmm. eventually start to feel it. And I would, he was so perfect in every way. And then I would even, I mean, even when I had, I, you know, I was single and I'm trying not to give away too much here because I don't like sharing everything with the world. Like these are real lives at stake. Um, Right. But even, you know, things that he wore or the way that he smelled, I wanted others to wear things like that and smell like that and Mm. be like that. And I was like, oh my God, like why am I putting this man on a pedestal? This is insane. And then once mm-hmm. I healed and grew and really found myself and got myself out of that mist <laughs> or the fog, 
I realized there's nothing. I'm I'm the one that made him so special. <laughs> That's, yeah. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, honestly, because it's been a while. <laughs> I actually ran into my affair partner about a year after everything. Um, and it was one of those circumstances where I couldn't avoid it. So I just like decided to like man up and be like, hi, how are you? Hope everything's good kind of a mm-hmm. thing. I honestly barely recognized him. Cause yeah. It, it was like one of those like if he wasn't such an idiot wearing what he was wearing that was so noticeable, I wouldn't have even like, I would have been like, and there's a part of me that's like, what the actual fudge was I thinking? Like, no. yes. and he's not, he's not an ugly dude by any means, but it's just like, he's he, like, he, I put him as this incredible soulmate. Oh my God. Oh, twin flame. Soulmate. Oh yeah. Twin oh flame. yeah. Soulmate. Those are dangerous by the way. And anybody who's <laughs> currently, if you're in an affair right now, like, listen, we all said these freaking words. Yes. We all thought we were the exception. Mm-hmm. So many people you feel like, and that's the thing. And I'm going to say this. And I just a little bit about my story is I was going to, Oh, if you told me I was in limerence, I would have yelled at you. In fact, I did yell at people for telling me exactly what I'm saying, mm-hmm. exactly what I know now. People would say, this isn't love. This isn't whatever my therapist. And I would be like, no, yep, this is a soulmate. I like, this is outside the norm because I see his red flags, right? Usually you don't see them. Like I saw them. I just ignored them. Mm-hmm. Like I thought like, oh, them. we'll get mm-hmm. through this. Like we will, we will 100% get, be able to get through this. I'm like looking back at now and I'd be like, <laughs> I would like, it wouldn't last two months. Like, honestly, like yeah. outside the affair, like if, if I, like the way that he, like, he was a total covert narcissist. I'm like, I would not have been okay with this, 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 this. Like, I'm like, Oh, you know, there's a lot that you just, Dear God, what was I thinking now? I cannot agree more. I swear, when I'm talking to you, I feel like it's like looking in the mirror. I swear to God. And it's so, and I was talking to you earlier about how even I've talked to many people that are in affairs, coming out of affairs, or have been through an affair, or and both sides, by the way, and I've been in both sides, mm-hmm. but um, it's a very parallel life, and it's extremely similar. There's not many differences. Like, there's not many outliers huh. that say, well, this was my experience. We all kind of have the same story. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The, the, there are patterns, and this is why, like, I do... I talk about the in generals of affairs on my, on my channel the most mm-hmm. because they are patterns. There are parallels. Yep. We all share similar stories, guys and girls. Like yes. Girls, oh yes. It's the same with the girls too. Um, now there are outside and I'll have people that were like, that's not true. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, I always start with in general or right. most of the time. And I'm like, y'all, just because you're on that, that 2% of the outside, <laughs> like be thankful that, that you did have an affair with a decent human being. Like, cause most people don't, most of the time they are highly narcissistic or selfish, or this isn't their first time mm-hmm. or blah, blah, blah. Like most of the time, these are people that are grooming you and have for a long time. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I was his fourth. I found out after and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, and the wife knows about many of them, but she's probably so beaten down from his abuse that she stays. And, and you just like, you get this like, man, I feel bad for them, but there's parallels. There's a Mm -hmm. reason we, we need to talk about it. We need to talk about the addiction aspect. We need to talk about the parallels. We need to talk about 
why we did it, by the way, we mm -hmm. need to know because just because you're in a not so great marriage doesn't make you stray. These are issues within ourselves. Agreed. Validation. These are why, why are we doing this? Because without conversation, without good dialogue and, and truth, we're just going to keep in those cycles and these patterns. Girl, listen, I know we're on the same side of TikTok and I cannot tell you, my feed is full of married women finding out their husband's cheating. And I just, I just, I want to say on every single time I see, I want to comment and say, it's not your fault. Like, it's not about mm -hmm. you. It's about the affair partners. And I think a lot of people, because they don't look inside and they don't talk about it and they don't say, well, I was filling this void or I was healing this as an inner child, my inner child, um, but it breaks my heart when I see that because they blame themselves. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what this is about. That's, this has nothing to do with you. You didn't no. do anything wrong. You know, it's really hard. I don't know it if you've is, seen the girl who like does her makeup and she talks about it. Her husband oh, yeah. just cheated no, I on follow, her. We follow each other. Yeah. Yes. We, she found out many different ones. Easy makeup girl. Yes. Like, yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Broke my, breaks my heart. I know. And she's struggling so bad. Oh. I know. And I'm like, oh my God, girl. And, and she's almost oh, like, my heart. I know. I feel like she kind of blamed herself a little bit. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You know? No. And I think like, like I said, there's, there's, there's issues in our marriage. We have issues and in order to get over it. We both have to do the work. Like if you're going to reconcile, my husband had to do work. I had to do work. And then we did work as a couple. Yeah. Um, you, you know, like not one person can just do the work after the fact. Mm -hmm. But my affair had nothing to do with his bipolar. It didn't have to do, it was my yep. codependency issues. Mm -hmm. It was my people pleasing. It was my, I mean, if maybe for a different time, we can go back to my childhood and why, I, you know, I've done a lot of the child work. I've done a lot of the healing and I know why I make excuses for men. I understand that now. Mm -hmm. I didn't at the time. Why did I allow my boundaries when it's outside of my quote unquote character? Obviously it was in there somewhere, but it's not something that I thought that I would ever do. Yeah. I thought I had integrity. I thought I had character. I never thought that I would be this person. Mm -hmm. So how did, how did this happen? And doing that, like, oh, oh, it's me. It's my validation, my ego, my hurts, my whatever. Is there issues in my marriage? Sure. It's not his fault. Like, you know, people have issues all the time and they don't cheat. Nothing's like, perfect. My, my, I agree. And no. Yeah. Yep. And I agree. I, my affair issue, you know, my issues for sure were my codependency and I was filling a void and yeah, I wanted to feel validated. Um, mm -hmm. and that's all about me has nothing to do with the other partners, you know? Totally. So we're still 100%. talking about like during the affair. And, you know, when you talk about how you lose yourself, you really do become unrecognizable, <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And it's that I, vicious I cycle. Totally. I, I just did a video. I don't know if you saw, but where I, um, we're moving amazing, feel very blessed, but I was packing and found my old journals. I thought I threw them out and I didn't. So I actually sat down. This was two nights ago. Um, and just read through some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I got a pit in my stomach mm -hmm. reading who I was. And I honestly, I'm getting teary eyed a little bit right now because it was like reading a 13 year old's journal. Mm. I didn't even like, I'm like, that's not even me. Who yeah. is this person? Like, so you journaled through your affair. I did. 
I did. You wrote it down, details and stuff? I wrote down, yes, the <gasps> struggle, because I was like, I knew that I was doing something wrong, and there was, I was struggling, so I was like, I was journaling to God, like, I'm a believer, so I was like, I was like, God, help me, like, I was literally, oh my gosh. and you can see it change from, from, like, just every day praying for this and that, or these little journals to, like, help me, what the hell, mm -hmm. what's going on, and, mm -hmm. and to, going from that to excuses oh, to yes. the red flags that I ignored to criticizing my husband. Literally, mm -hmm. I saw it. Yeah, I journaled it. Wow. Oh, it was, it was awful to reread that, by the way. Um, I that's so, <laughs> that, yeah, that's crazy. You know, it's I think, insane. I think too, people don't understand how you lose yourself and how you just do things you never thought in a million years that you would. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, it's rough. Yeah. It is. When I look back at what my life was spiraling. <laughs> Absolutely. And I don't think people understand how mind fucking it is and what you uh -oh. go through to get that high again, because you live a living a double life is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> oh, it's chaos. It's anxiety. You're fearing to get caught. Yes. I told oh my God. So, so I did tell on myself, but all those, but, but that's because like, I'm a horrible liar. I'm just bad. But, um, <laughs> But think about like all those that, but if you did, even just for the two weeks before I told, I was like going effing crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, how do people do this for years? How do they like literally like, because people lose their health, they lose their, like, oh my God, I know. People lose, you're, a lot of people lose weight, but it's, it's the stress typically. It's not because yes. they're like in some healthy place. It's because they're, it's like the divorce diet. It's the same. It's the affair diet. Yes. You don't eat as much because you're so fucking stressed withdrawal. out. And I'm going to be brutally yeah. honest here and say, I was very, very unwell. I wasn't a good mother. I wasn't a good mm -hmm. employee. I wasn't doing any good for myself. Uh, yeah, it was it was no, really bad you're in the fog. Yes. And that's why they call it the affair fog. Like when you're in a fog, all you know, see is the fog. Mm -hmm. So when you're in an affair and you're in that fantasy and there you're getting that dopamine hit, all you see is them. So was I snappy at my kids when I yep. hadn't heard from my affair partner yes. when he was supposed to call me yep. and I didn't get that phone call? Did I get snappy? Did I get a little bit more, um, whatever towards whatever like yes like when you look back you weren't the best version of yourself in any way no. because you're on drugs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and people don't want to they they want to think that that's an excuse but it's not it's it you make the choice just like you know you make the choice to to take meth the first time yeah it's a choice yeah but once you do it you're high you're hooked mm -hmm. and it's the same thing it like, is no there's still choices to do it you have to make a series of choices like you were talking about there's a series of boundary pushes and subtle things mm -hmm. but once you're there you're in the high and it actually sucks for the person in the affair typically too yeah like it's oh, not yeah. it's not a picnic oh no unless you are a sociopath and and feel nothing right it's not a picnic mm -mm. you know so let's move right into the discovery and i know a lot of people that are in affairs and they say i don't get caught i'll never get caught mm, what do you think the odds are i would say 90 percent of the time you're going to get caught <laughs> Well, I wonder what that I, stat is. I, I, would, I actually don't know the stat. It's funny. I know a lot of stats and I don't know the stats of that, but I know it's very high because I remember talking to Kathy about this and she's like, um, this is why she believes in full disclosure. Mm -hmm. She's like, because it can come out 10 years down the, the line. Usually, even if you don't get caught in the time and you end it and whatever, right. it gets found out typically even down the road. Right. And the reason why um, disclosure for people who deal with this um, 
a little bit heavier than just a normal therapist, but like an actual affair recovery therapist is because it can come out. So let's say it's five, it's been off for five years. You haven't done it and you've been good. If your husband finds out some way something doesn't add up or if other people know, like you told your best mm-hmm. friend, they told somebody and they like, you never know. You can only control yourself. You can't control what the affair partner so says. So true. You, oh you cannot control who's what other seen people you? do. Oh yeah. Who's seen you. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know. And it can come out at any time. And what happens is let's say you ended it five years ago. Now your partner thinks your husband, your wife thinks the last five years have been a total utter bullcrap life yeah they literally not only while you were in the affair was it all a lie but now all this time that you have this secret they feel like is a wash yeah it's like you might as well have told them during it so you could have helped because it literally feels like five years I know somebody found out 10 years later and they actually ended up divorcing because it because they couldn't get through Mm -hmm. the fact that they felt that 10 years Mm -hmm. was a lie yep that's brutal so you t- we'll, t- we'll talk about how you, cause you said you, sh- you, t- you confessed, yeah. um, mine were, and I think a lot of couples do this. You start to get sloppy. You start mm-hmm. to get real sloppy, you know, sex in the back of a car. You're going to a liquor store together. You're going to bars together now. Mm-hmm. Like you get real comfortable and real brave. And um, like I, it's hard. I'm trying to think of what to share, but basically, um, she logged into an old iPad, found text messages, followed us for two weeks. It was really bad. Uh, and she mm-hmm. had actually found a hotel receipt before. So, I mean, we were just fucking reckless. Okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we got, we got found out and it, I don't think either way, I don't think one way or the other is better either. I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Well- I don't know from, from the betrayer standpoint, I think finding out from the person actually yeah. help, helps with healing a little bit better just yeah. because it's, it's you confessing. You're, yep. um, You're taking it, ownership it and accountability. Little, yeah. Yes, exactly. But it doesn't really matter as far as the healing goes. Yeah. <laughs> it, you, you, the betrays, betrayal is betrayal, betrayal. Like mm-hmm. it, you know, let's be honest. And, and this is the truth there are subtle signs always you can tell deep down in your gut everybody mm-hmm. almost everybody except for the rare few has a gut feeling first mm-hmm. I had a gut feeling mm-hmm. and they start then they start going through old things like you might be really cautious at first but then like you said there's a computer that you or an iPad that you yep. just leave around and they they get into it because mm-hmm. you know I have because they had that gut feeling that of, yes Yes. And there's a gut feeling and then they get into it. So mm-hmm. that's the thing is like, even if, because I, I literally just did a, a sign of that somebody is cheating because you're not being as affectionate. You're, you're being more critical. You're more defensive when asked questions. You have different phone habits than you've ever had. Oh, when they, yeah. You used to not have a lock on your phone. All of a sudden you can't get into it. Um, you know, their schedule you know their schedule and they don't know yours. You're more aloof. Your schedule changes, mm-hmm. um, more selfies. You're taking selfies and not with your partner. Like, you know what I mean? Like yep. there's all these signs that, that even if you don't consciously notice your subconscious will pick up on it. Mm-hmm. So our subconscious is a protector. Our subconscious is our gut. Our subconscious is that discernment or whatever you want to call it it tells us something's off. Mm-hmm. It, it raises the alarm bells. So she, you guys didn't have to be sloppy. You don't have to be sloppy for her yeah. to notice 
-hmm. her husband was changing. Mm -hmm. So the discoveries happen very often. You could have been doing this for four or five years and think I'm just, I'm never going to get caught. Mm No, you will. Yep. Eventually you will. Most likely. I mean, it's really rare for somebody to not have a D-Day or Discovery Day, D-Day. Yeah. Um, and, and get away with it. But then you live with guilt and shame. I too. know. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's there's no, no winning. No, there's no winning. No one wins. No one fucking wins. No one. Even the single girl like me, you no. don't fucking win. Nope. No, because Mm-mm. you get addicted to that man too. You yep. knew what, and here's what's crazy. Cause people are like, well, what if they're single? Do they have limerence? Yes. Oh because yeah. Deep down, you know, what's wrong. And there's a high in that. It's like mm-hmm. an adrenaline. It's like jumping out of a plane. You know what's wrong and you, it's not possible and you shouldn't be able to do it, but you're doing it. So you confessed and to your husband. What made you do that? Okay. So, um, I'm a really awful liar. First of all, second of all, I kind of had this like, cause it was mostly an emotional affair. Like mm-hmm. I said, my husband and I separated and we did dates, but I was honest at that point too. Mm-hmm. But I had this First of all, when I realized when he's like, I love you, you're my soulmate, and it just hit like, oh, shiznit. Um, I'm in an affair with this man. I'm having these feelings for somebody else. I knew something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I said, you know in your character it's not right. You know there's something wrong with you to do something that's outside. I didn't necessarily feel guilt because I'm like, but it's my soulmate. How can I feel wrong about mm-hmm. it? However, I knew that for me, if somebody confessed to me, I would have an easier time forgiving mm-hmm. than if I had found out a different way. And so for me, it was a bucket up buttercup kind of moment of just be honest and let him deal with it how he needs. And if there's the consequences fall where it may. Right. But had the, had it been reversed, had he been honest, I feel like I could have got over it easier than had he lied for years. Does that make sense? Yes. And you know, there's something to be said for cleaning up your side of the street. I don't think we're meant, like you said, sociopaths, narcissistic personality disorder, yada, yada. I don't think we're meant to hold those deep, dark secrets like that. It turns, it's evil and it starts to just come. It's inside out. It's yes, it does. It's brutal. It's a a disease. Mm -hmm. It is. And it, and and it, and it feeds on you and I'm just not that kind of person. And so Yes, I wasn't an honorable person. Yes, I did some lying and some sneaking to to talk to this guy and see him and um, get adjusted more often than I needed to. Yeah. Um, but like you, uh, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't be. I was like, I, if there's a chance of us working, I need to be honest with myself because mm-hmm. that's key. Oh, a yeah. lot of times you lie to yourself but that I have to be honest to him. And so I did, I went, I actually made an appointment for my counselor. And, um, after I had met with her, I said, how do I, cause I wanted to know, how do I do it? She's like, there's no good way to do this. Right. Just do it. <laughs> That's me. She how do I do this? Help me. <laughs> how do I help me? And she's like, there is that. You're like, literally get home tonight. So I did. That's exactly what he did. She goes, just say it, rip off the freaking bandaid. Yeah. The chips fall where they may. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and that's what I did. And once you get your mindset that you're going to do that, because it's funny, I didn't, I, I, I kept, I felt like I lied to my friends. And my mm-hmm. very best friend in the world, Katina, I didn't tell her. And I remember I couldn't bear it anymore. I called her. I FaceTimed her from work. I couldn't breathe, by the way. She answered the mm-hmm. phone. I said, and this was rare. I never, she knew, like she knows me. And mm-hmm. I blurted it out. 
And she looked at me and she said, Adrian, I could, I pretty much, I could tell. She was like, and mm-hmm. I don't blame you. I love you. And I'm so, I mean, it, it was, but it, I cannot tell you the relief I felt when I told mm-hmm. her and Zach and I finally confessed and I'm, I've been brute. Anybody who asks, I, I don't care. I have nothing to hide. I have no shame about it anymore. And the more you do that, the better you feel and you're on your way to healing. It's so true. Totally. Totally. Yes. And it still took months. <laughs> and we still separated and yeah. we still weren't sure if we'd make it like you know what I mean and right I still had this guy I, I still let him in at times it's but it is the it's the path that's the start yes the it is for sure it's the starting line absolutely so how was for his sure. reaction to it stunned hurt mm-hmm. and hurt he's like there's something I've been suspicious yeah and when I finally told him who it was he's like that's who I thought it was yeah like he's like because nobody else has been nobody different in your life Mm -hmm. you know he'd been commenting on all my things like all that kind of stuff every single one of my friends yeah they were not surprised yeah exactly (laughs) it's like they knew like we think we're all sneaky we're oh my god yes we're not we are so covert look at us we are underground (laughs) nobody knows about this it's our little secret oh my god everyone fucking knows So dumb. I, so dumb. Like, I'm I know. literally laughing at myself right now. Like I'm Me like, too. like I'm literally like, Reese girl, you were so dumb. Like, I know. Same. <laughs> so let's talk what about recovery. I know. Okay. Oh my God. I swear. And I, I cannot tell you how much I'm enjoying talking to you. And I knew it was going to be like this because I see so much of myself in you and I'm like, yeah, I was there. She's exactly right. <laughs> um, but for recovery, let's talk about you know, you, one of the things you said was the grief process. I think it's important to mm-hmm. know because it is, it's a loss. It's a loss of what you mm-hmm. thought you had. And mm-hmm. then, um, I love something that you said was, you know, when to let go and when to forgive. And everyone's different about that. There is no roadmap. It is, it's going to be your process and your timing, you know, like, totally. Yeah. And I yeah, do really think you have to go full, no contact, no contact. 100. And you know, all the places you're going to bump into that motherfucker. You need to cut that shit out. Oh yeah. Right. Yep. And there's, there's two instances where you can't, and it's like, obviously coworkers, right. You need to literally though, you need to try to transfer. Yep. You need to try to like, literally like if they're your boss, go to HR because yep. you need to, and, and not to say like, Hey, I want them fired. Not like that, but just like, I can't be in this. If we're having to contact, I need other people involved just because you need an avenue where you don't see them. Yep. No contact. If you're able to don't go to the spots you used to hang out. Oh yeah. Don't, don't, don't get a different account so you can Look, no contact means no social media. Don't be mm-hmm. looking on their social media because that is only going to raise hurts and feelings. And they're already dating somebody else. How do I feel about it? It's like, uh-huh. who mm-hmm. fucking cares? Like, you shouldn't have been there. Like, you don't need to go and know that. It was wrong from the get-go, first of all. Second of all, um, it only makes you feel worse. So don't do it. Um, and then the only other situation is if there's a baby involved, we don't have to talk about that. Like right. it, unless there needs to be, but like, obviously for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. <laughs> Copia, no right. <laughs> um, um, but 
So no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and one of the things I, I love that you said was not only do you have to work on yourself with your partner, but also solely. And then it's, I think it's important too for your affair partner to do their own healing and recovering and um, totally. discovery with, you know, in therapy is a great way to do that. Even having a trusted friend, like another outlet. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. important that you both work on yourselves and then together. I like that you said that because I think that's a, that's key. Yeah individual because you're both okay so your partner just went through trauma Mm -hmm. they actually go through ptsd by the way the chemical of your brain gets so hurt by this that Mm -hmm. many have such strong post-traumatic stress disorder that they have like night sweats terrors like all that you defines of what anybody else who has post-traumatic stress goes through um this causes such great trauma so The betrayed has to go through individual counseling too. Seems unfair, I know, but it needs to happen. Mm -hmm. But the person who has the affair, you need to find out why. Because it's not because your marriage was struggling. It's not because of neglect. Although those are reasons for you to leave the marriage, that's not why you stray from a marriage. Um, Deep need of validation or whatever. So sure, you needed validation, but why are you asking it from your husband? Why aren't you giving it to yourself? Mm-hmm. Why don't you feel enough without a man or a woman giving you valid? Like you need to understand that nobody should have to f- fulfill you. You I should be a complete person on your own. Yes. Fully. I, I've shared a lot of this over the last two years on this show in my journey. And what it is, is I don't look for outside sources for happiness. That happiness comes from myself inside and that's it. So that void is slowly getting fulfilled by myself. And that's what a healthy person is because for the first time in my life, I've been healing and growing and, you know, leveling up all the things, doing all the self-help care for myself. And I've become a different person because I've taken the time to do that. And I don't, I've definitely made huge strides because I don't tolerate bullshit and I hold firm on my boundaries and, um, yeah, it's so true. Yep. Because people should add to your life. Like your partner should be a, like before you had them, did you, did you, before you were married, I know you're not, but before you were married, did you depend on this person to go and do these things? Did you depend on them to have hobbies? No, you, you had a whole ass self outside of them. And somehow you got lost in marriage. Somehow you got lost in having kids. Somehow Mm -hmm. you got lost in career. You got lost in all these other things and you forgot who you were and what you were. And now you're depending because of past traumas, because Mm -hmm. of brokenness in you, you now somehow need validation from either opposite same sex or whatever, from somebody in that romantic way. And it doesn't help that we have novels and books and romance, like out at like thinking that there's some happily ever after. It's like, no, relationships are work always. They always are. They always will be. And we lie to ourselves that we need to feel these great things for it to be great. And that's not, that's not it. We choose our joy and happiness. We choose every day we wake up. You know, when I have a hormonal PMS day, I I woke up that day and just chose war. Those are the days that I just choose Mm -hmm. war. But there's (laughs) there's days you wake up and you're like, I'm not going to let that affect me. I'm going to freaking have a good day no matter freaking what. Right. The day sometimes will try to take you down. You're like, no, motherfucker. I like to say, kick the day in the dick. (laughs) (laughs) kick it just do it like but that's kind of like but that's the same thing because you're like it it keeps trying to get you but you choose like no 
I'm choosing me. I'm choosing to still enjoy it. I have. So it's same type of thing when it comes to this. You don't have an affair because you're neglected. You don't have mm. an affair because of this. It, it's because you have deep needs and wounds that aren't healed. And if you don't do the inner work, it comes back. I cannot again. agree more. Mm-hmm. And again, and again, and again. Yep. And that's why I've so taken find the out time. Why. Yes. I've taken the time yes. to heal and be single and find myself. Cause I'll carry that shit right to the next one. hundred <laughs> I mean, percent. You know? And it, it doesn't matter. That's no. why when people leave for their affair partners, do you know, only, only between five to 7% actually try to have a relationship outside. So that's how few wow. of affairs even make it to a relationship stage. I don't know how many of those actually marry. There's no actual data on this. I, I can't find it. However, those who do marry, do you know the percentage of divorce is third third marriages? It'd be between 73 to 80% of those people mm. that actually try your relationship. So to be clear, that means it's about 2% of these people make it. Yeah, I, I, can, I can totally see that. I believe that stat. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that they're happy. Right. <laughs> it doesn't yep. mean that they're happy. Yep. You know, so like, just understand that, like, because you're not doing, why, why? Because mm-hmm. you're not doing the work. You ran from one person, mm-hmm. from one situation to a fantasy escape. You thought it was the real deal of feelings and emotions, but no, you didn't do the work. And you didn't You're fix... in a deep attachment. Yeah. Yes. You didn't fix the common denominator, which is yourself. Yeah. Which is you. I have a great analogy is um, if you're in the desert, you're in the Sahara freaking desert and you're thirsty, you've been there for days, any water that's offered to you, it doesn't matter if it's mm. poisoned. It doesn't mm. matter if it's you're drinking that water. Yep. Right. It doesn't matter what the water is. You're going to drink it because you're parched and you're thirsty. And that's mm. what happens is we get parched and we get thirsty. We're walking in the desert. But if you get yourself out of the desert, you know what bad water is and you won't drink it. Yep. That's a really good analogy. And that's really, frankly, what it's like. A hundred percent. And it's hot you as hell out there. It's hot as hell. It's awful. Yes. And you, you, you settle for contaminated water that gives you the craps. And now you're like, even and then why do I feel like shit? Well, yeah. Now, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm drinking parasite water yep. because that's all that was available in my desert. I was part, but now you get out of the desert, which is what happens in life. We get ourselves in these dry desert situations mm-hmm. and then we are thirsty. We're not just thirsty. We are parched. We need something. Mm-hmm. And so because we're not doing it to ourselves and because we're in such a dry place, we we will accept anything. And that's what ends up happening with affairs. Most yes. of the time we end up with crappy ass situations because we're not dealing with n- number one, us. Yep. Get out of the desert first. Get out of the desert. Right, find that so fresh water. Thirsty. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So now true. It's a mirage. It's not an oasis. It was a mirage. Cannot agree more. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Listen, I know we're running out of time. So uh-huh. okay. Reese, I know we're running out of time yeah. and I want to ask you a few questions before we go and it's going to be kind of rapid fire. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> we're, I will try. Let's try this. I'm not okay. good at rapid fire, but let's do it. <laughs> All right. Do you have any recommendations or advice or books for healing after infidelity? 
Um, I love the book After the Affair. It's very matter of fact. It's um, written from the betrayed side, but it's for both can go through it. There's a lot of matter mm. of fact questions. It's a, it's a really great one for both to read. Okay. Um, it's called so After the Affair. One of my favorites. After the Affair. I don't know who the author is. Whoa. No, but that's great. Good to uh, know. Yeah. All right. What mm -hmm. was your biggest lesson learned through your recovery? Um, that I had childhood stuff that I just had never worked on and that I had boundary issues. Mm -hmm. I literally needed better codependency and boundary issues. And yeah, and it, it's empowering to say no, even if it you is. want to say yes. Agreed. Oh my yeah. God. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I know we touched on this a little bit before, but what mm -hmm. are signs that you would say are warnings that someone's in an affair? Because I know that everybody wants to know, well, what were the signs? How did you know what I mean? We well, said, yeah. Did I do them? <laughs> my, uh, I would say phone habits changing. Now, like I always have my phone on silent because I don't like to be reachable all the time. But mm -hmm. if they're not usually on silent, they start going to silent. If they're taking it with them to the bathroom and suddenly have a code on it, um, that's huge. Uh, if they become super unaffectionate, so they used to be affectionate, snuggle on the couch, and suddenly they're sitting on the other side of the couch on their mm -hmm. phone. <laughs> um, if they're critical and picking fights, that's the sign. For justification, um, yes. Yes, critical picking fights. Um, like I said, uh, health habits can change. Like they start working out more. No, oh, it doesn't yeah. mean, again, just one or two of these things in and of itself does it. Like if you're a mom and you finally have time, you might be going to the gym and putting on makeup. But if if it suddenly just seems that coupled with other things, you're going to, going to the gym, putting on makeup, doing all these things, selfies honest to goodness, I cannot tell you how many people take more selfies of themselves mm -hmm. posting more provocatively, mm -hmm. a little bit more like looking for a fishy and men too, but, yep. but it's not maybe provocative, but like macho looking. Um, so there's that. Then there's, um, uh, I can't agree with you more. It's not one or two. It's a, it's a sequence no. of these events. Yes. Sequence. Many of them. Yes. They project onto you, call you a cheater. I mean, that's a huge, and their schedules like, change. Yes. Schedule, yeah. sudden schedule change, or they're super aware. Like they ask you tons about your oh, schedule. Yeah. So they know your schedule more so they can know. And then also don't tell you details anymore. They're kind of more vague about things. Mm -hmm. Um, blaming you. So those just, those are some of the subtle signs. There's probably a few more that I just, Another one too. Yeah. Of. Another one too. I remember is, you know, it would be like, you're talking to your partner and they're like, you already told me that, or you didn't tell me that before. And I'm like, I did tell you. And it's like, no, I told my affair partner that before. You know what I mean? Like, it's, oh it's, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I told my boyfriend that. Oopsie. Yes. That's, yeah. That's a good yep. one. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. All right. So I have a big question and I know this is uh very personal, but I am just very curious. What was your sex life like after, or, you know, during and or after the recovery? And, you know, did you get that spark back? Cause I wonder oh. about that. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Yeah, no, this is huge. This is actually very, very, uh, in, this is important also because I think a lot of people struggle. So for the, while we were separated and even before he moved out in, I couldn't do it. I, it was awkward mm -hmm. that like, I really cared about this man, but I'm like, you know, I attracted to him and I, it took a while for my attraction to go back. Um, I will say that we talked about it and it was kind of like, we got to do it and get it over with. It was literally like the most awkward thing ever the first mm -hmm. time I, and I can't describe it because it's like this person that I'd been intimate with for many years, we yeah. hadn't been intimate for a long time. And suddenly 
I felt like, honestly, like, like I was a virgin Mm -hmm. and completely like it was awkward and weird and I can't explain it, but I will say this after about the second time we started talking about more fantasies and things that we'd kind of swept under the rug because, you know, we are two Christian people and we Mm -hmm. didn't really know if this was going to be acceptable if we wanted to have toys or if we Mm -hmm. wanted to um, experiment more or be more exploratory. I, you know, he's like, I would think that you would have been um, upset if I asked you. I was like, no, I wish you, like we realized communicating more. Yeah. Right. That we had not, we had had fantasies and desires we hadn't even brought to each other in fear of judgment. Mm. And after that, it was a lot spicier. I started, I have my lingerie collection. I wear wigs now. <laughs> I, um, I have Love a that. redhead named Heidi Ooh. and a dark haired one named Svetlana and it's Oh my God. I fucking love that. (laughs) I have a pro tip for you. So I keep a fantasies list and you can share. I keep a note in my phone and you can share it with your partner. And so I'll just write stuff down and then they'll see it and they'll be like, Hey, I noticed you put on there or whatever. And it's kind of a fun, it's a to-do list. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. So try that. that. But oh my God, I love these wigs. Oh my God. That's so awesome. (laughs) And it's obviously most of the time it's still normal, boring. Like, I don't want to say boring because sex is great. Like, yeah, it's like right. pizza. It's always, it's all good. I agree. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, because we have kids that are still at home. There's mm-hmm. all, you know, oh, yeah, girl. parameters you have to get around. However, when we have the moments and when we can, we get to, we do have more fun. And we never were like this before. So oh, I love because that we were open. Yeah. So because there was openness and because we were um, vulnerable with each other, we have had a spicier sex life. And it goes just like anything else in yeah. ups and downs. Like mm-hmm. there's times where he's traveling or times where I decide to get a UTI and I'm in pain or whatever. Right, yeah. <laughs> No, absolutely. But yeah, that's, but in general, it's quite a bit better. And I will say because of his humility and thoughtfulness towards me, there's a respect. Like I know there's a big fear of not being respected after. And I can say on my end now, Mm -hmm. I don't know if everybody's like this. I respect the man more because Mm -hmm. I know how hard it was. And not only that, he's always treated me with love and respect and Mm -hmm. kindness, his family, same I, there's a shocked awe and respect and reverence I have for him now that wasn't even there before because I know how hard it was for him. And yet he chose to love me and I don't know, it, it adds to the, to the love and the, the spice a little bit. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but there's safety. I'm sitting here like with like big heart eyes and I just, I fucking love this for you. And it just makes me so happy. Like, and you know what? You're real about it. You're not saying, oh, I got my happily ever after. No, you know what? Uh, And you're keeping it so real and it makes me so happy that you're happy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, but we're choosing it. And Mm -hmm. I will say this, and I need this to be, this needs to go on the record. We will still be going to marriage counseling, not as often, Mm -hmm. but we will have check-ins probably every three to six months. I will be going to therapy every three to six months for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I am never going to allow myself to get into a space where I don't have Mm check-ins where I, and then if I need to start going more often, we will. 
but but I I need yes accountability and safety because sometimes you don't know that you're struggling and they ask you questions you start talking and you're like oh crap I I need to come back next week yes. like you don't know but if you keep it in your rhythm and in your place you know that and you're safe and you have a place already booked and you know, like, cause you book it in advance. You already know, Hey, in one month we will be seeing our marriage counselor. Mm -hmm. And most of the time it's been good. We're like, right. you know, things are pretty good, but what a blessing that is. And right? you know what? It's like running your car or, you know, what it's, it's a, it's a machine. You got to keep it fine tuned. And that's a really good 100%. way. Yeah. Change the oil every now and again. And I love yeah. what you said. You choose, you choose happiness and people don't get that. Yeah, you choose that happiness. I'm yeah, that's you're amazing. not giving it. It's a choice. A hundred percent. All right, my last question for you. What would you tell someone okay. if you learned they're in an affair right now? Get the freak out now. Get out, <laughs> Get out. run away. It's it's not what you think. Mm -hmm. Like if you're in an affair right now, you are right now self-manipulating. You're you're in a fantasy, you're in limerence, and I know you think it's love. I know that you feel that you love this person. They're your soulmate. Mm -hmm. But from every, I mean, I'm talking thousands of people that I have counseled out. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a, but I advise yeah. that's a better way that I have advised out of this. Thousands felt the exact same way. There is no difference exact. between me and you. Agreed. Yep. Get uh -huh. out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Get out. Yes. Get out. Go no contact and recover. So, Agree. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then go choose your own happiness because that's not, and then that, that's not happy. <laughs> choose you, choose you, get the chaos and anxiety, get out of it, get mm -hmm. the behind me Satan, and then work on you. Yeah. Agreed. Love that. Yeah. Well, Reese, listen, I cannot thank you enough for joining me. And I feel like I have to have you back. Like there's so much to talk about <laughs> and you're amazing to talk to. The conversation well, thank you. was 10 out of 10. <laughs> Oh, well, well and thanks. you were good too. <laughs> this is something not many people are brave enough to talk about. And so I applaud you. I really, really do. Thank you. That's because there's tons of judgment. That's okay. It's okay. I can be judged. Let, let you judge me, but let's talk about it. Yes. Uh, and I just, I can't thank you enough for your candor and your honesty. I just, it means so much. And I know my listeners, it's this incredible value. So I appreciate that. Oh, well, thank you. And I want to say one more time. So you can find Reese on TikTok at Reese. It's R-E-C-E underscore affair underscore recovery. And then go hit her up over there on Instagram at Reese, R-E-C-E underscore TikTok. And I'm probably, sh I'm sure you're just like me. I do try to respond to all of my DMs, not mm -hmm. all of them, but most of them. So, you know, mm -hmm. hit her up. I mean, you're just so candid about everything. And I love that about you. Yeah, I definitely do. I try to respond. Um, yeah, especially through Instagram, because that's how the only way I can get DMs. So yeah, yeah, I, I know, same no TikTok. But could you imagine if we can get yeah. DMs on TikTok? Oh, my God. Well, we used to I used I to know, be able to yeah. I switched it off. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> I know it's a lot. Maybe it's a good thing. Well, thank you. Now, Reese, if you really want so it, you gotta much. find it. Yes, <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you for having me. And I mean, you know, if we need to do this again, let me know. Yes, I definitely want to have you back. There's just so much okay. more to talk about. <laughs> there isn't there. I know. All right. Well, thank you for having me. I can't thank Reese enough for being on the show. And damn, I I wish I wish I would have listened to all of this for myself a while ago because that affair missed. It ain't nothing to fuck with. Okay, <laughs> would have saved me a lot of fucking trouble. <laughs>
Oh, all right, Cravers. I am off to spend an amazing weekend with all of my lifestyle peeps and enjoy another fabulous party. God, I, I cannot tell you how much I'm looking forward to this. Being with my lifestyle friends, that's where I feel home. You know, they get me. They accept me for me. And most importantly, they respect me. They understand me in ways that no one else really does and truly know that just because I'm sex positive, it doesn't mean I want to fuck everyone. I'm not judged, criticized, or shamed for any of my desires. And I can't tell you what that means to me. So Pineapple Express, take me away.